Don't miss the conversation. Cap and Jay Hood. Tell your smart speaker to play ESPN 1000. Cap and Hoodie. And listen to Cap and Jay Hood at home and in the office. Now, back to more Cap and Jay Hood on Chicago's Home for Sports, ESPN 1000. So, we all have been in a situation, in a bar, whatever. Here's my credit card. I got it. Whatever my group's drinking. And then I'll buy her a drink or I'll buy that guy a drink. or Yeah, put that round up. Get, get him another one. All of a sudden, you get the bill and you're like, what? Wait a minute. So these dudes go to Vegas, where I'm going today. These dudes go to Vegas. And they're at one of those uh, outdoor, how would you call it, Danny, a club at the pool? It's the Encore Beach Club at the Wynn Hotel. Okay. That sounds awesome. It's got a lot of the EDM, electric dance music. Dude, that's my scene. Or that's do nice. they call it house music? It could be either one. I'm good for that because, you know, I'm a big fan. Just constant bass. It's that Let's thump, thump. Thump. Yes. God. It just it, it goes with the ambiance. Yeah. Oh, God. That's that's my scene. Give me the Frank Sinatra pool. Um, of course. I wouldn't be there with you, yeah. though. Actually, you wouldn't allow me. Oh, that, that pool closes at 4, so everyone would go to dinner. <laughs> wow. I'm going home. I'm tired. I've had a long day. I started my day at 5. Like, like of course. <laughs> and then at 4 o'clock, you're done. Done. Go to watch the local news. You're in Vegas. I know. <laughs> I was at the penny slots. I lost the penny. <laughs> so these dudes get their bill. Listen to this bill. Brother. One bottle Tito's handmade vodka. How much is it to buy at Benny's? $25? Yes. And I love Tito's. We were with the Tito's people yesterday. Yes, we were. We did a commercial for them yesterday. They're wonderful people. They charge a reasonable amount of money for their fine product. But not so much at the beach club. 825 bucks. One that, bottle. That's the Magnum, right? No, it's the regular bottle. Not even the hand. I don't believe it's even the handle. It's the bottle they gave us yesterday. I have an ATM receipt from the Bellagio. 1105 for $800. I am so <laughs> All right. What's what's the next thing now? Okay, the next thing on their checkout here, their bill, one bottle, Casa Dragones Blanco. That would be a tequila. Yes. I found it at a liquor store online this morning in the IDOT bullpen. It was $29.99. I showed it to you. Yes. That bottle was $725. Yeah. Next one? Because you got some girl wearing next to nothing serving it to you. Brother. Yeah. Uh, then they ordered, get this, three bottles, magnums, of P.J. Bell champagne. Each bottle, $1,350. Mm-hmm. I found them online for what, $400? Yes, 400 bucks. 400 bucks. 1350 So they spent 4050 on the three bottles. Then they ordered a chicken finger platter, and this one had Danny the most triggered. Like, he knows the booze gets overcharged. Chicken finger platter, $75. 
Got to have something to wash it down with. Frickin' McNuggets! Yeah. Next one? One, uh, two shrimp skewers, 26 bucks. Not, right. not terrible. Now, that's not bad. <laughs> one, one fruit platter, 25 Never. One, t- and by the way, never touch the fruit platter. And they never touch them. <laughs> never. No. One street taco platter, 60 bucks. Street tacos, what does that mean? Because someone has told me you take a bag of Fritos, you throw all the taco meat in, and then... You that's, shake the bag up. That's exactly what it is. So instead of like a hard taco shell or a soft taco the, shell, you open the bag of Fritos and you put all your taco fixings in the bag of and then Fritos. Shake the bag up. Shake it up and you eat it with a fork. My kids love it. Love well, it. Or, I've never had that. Or if it's on the north side, this is a little guy with the cart and the bell. Go ahead. One shrimp ceviche, <laughs> 24 bucks. Who's eating shrimp ceviche at a pool? 24 Me. small bottles of Fiji. Okay, if you go across to the Walgreens or you go to the 7-Eleven, a bottle of Fiji's what? A buck 79? Yeah. The little bottle. Yep. Like, we're not talking about the one that's going to last you the entire show, like your big bottle you got right there. Mm-hmm. We're talking about a little individual bottle. These clowns bought a case of it. 312 bucks. 24 bottles. I think they got a discount for buying the tw- the uh, full case. Correct, thirteen bucks a bottle. Uh, Just made it, good economical sense to wh- buy the whole case. Why don't you, <laughs> why don't you give us a dozen Red Bulls and make them sugar free? One hundred fifty six bucks. Well, first of all, having them sugar free that doesn't get your heart going. So I don't even know why you get them sugar free. You want to have the the regular Red Bull with the liquor. That's what you want. Okay, how about this venue fee? So you have to pay a venue fee to pay these exorbitant prices. Yep. The venue fee is $800. 15% auto gratuity. $941.70. Cool. I don't have to give you anything extra. It's already in there. The auto gratuity is already there. I'm not giving right, you anything except extra. Except you've got this hot girl in a bikini and high heels serving you as your EDM music that you love so much is Pounding away, and they, oh, here, honey, here's a couple hundred more for you. And subtotal, $7,078.45. Add in all the other fees and taxes, their bill for lunch, and a few cocktails, $8,612.97. Okay, let's talk about this as a group. All right, we turn now to Danny Zetterman. So Danny's been out with me. And the issue with me being in a group drinking is that I am not stopping. Because you don't have a governor. <laughs> you know what a governor is? Yes, I do. A governor on a golf cart keeps it from going too fast. It kind of regulates you. You and Tom Waddle are the two people I know that it's either on or off. It is something where you're having a good time, and you, I don't worry about the bill, <laughs> quite frankly. And I'm not saying like I have this extra income, but if we're having a good time, we're having a good time, right? Yep. You, you let future Jonathan worry about that. That's what I always say. I'll let future Danny worry about that one. Yeah, and future I'm, Jonathan's the guy, $800 at the Bellagio. What? I don't worry about it. In the, in the, if we're having a good time, I'm... My finger, you know how the NBA players is like, do the replay and they spring the... That's me at the bar. Every time. Just like spinning my finger like another round. Another round. Another round. Another round. Keep it going. Keep You're like it the umpire going. on a home run. So, <laughs> yes, so do, you, do you know the biggest bill you ever paid? Like, do you have an idea of what that was? It, it Tell me it did not come close to $8,600. No, it didn't come close to that. But a couple of times in Vegas, it's around 
fifteen hundred somewhere in there. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I got pilfered at a strip club. Gentlemen. Oh, club. she told you she liked you. <laughs> that was. That, let's not do that. That was my son. Uh, he gave it away anyway. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it's been high. That is for sure because I don't think about it until after if the bill comes i sign it and i don't think about it until after i've sobered up like whoa what did we do last night that's dangerous that's the hangover yeah yeah but not eighty six hundred and twelve dollars and 97 cents danny has it ever come that close definitely not in college right no the, i've never got even close to a thousand dollars when when i back in 06 the great salisbury and rosenblum show that jeff meller and i were a part of uh, Sean Salisbury was very generous. He had a black card, a black American Express card. He would take me out all the time and let me charge up whatever I wanted. One night we went out and I said, you know what? I'm going to repay the favor and I'm going to treat you to your drinks. And he could really put them away. And before you know it, I got the bill and it was like $700. And that, this was like 27-year-old Danny. And I, was, I remember being like, oh, bleep. Seven hundred dollars. ESPN doesn't pay me seven hundred dollars for three months' work. <laughs> Do you? Does Michelle scour the credit card bill and go, "Why did you spend eleven hundred dollars in Las Vegas?" No, I think she understands that's business purposes mm-hmm. for the most part. Yeah, my wife does. My wife's like, whatever. Yeah, I don't think. No, she doesn't really do that. She understands it's business, and there is a little bit of the tilting of the head. Mm-hmm. It's like when you look at the, like like the RCA dog looks at the phonograph, mm-hmm. like the, on the records. It's like kind of looking like that. But um, no, it's not, she doesn't come after me. But that's a different Jonathan. I think that's nighttime, nighttime radio, Jonathan. radio. Yeah, that's and it just keeps going. Right, it just just like you can ask Black and Abdallah, like those guys too. Black has told me, <laughs> right? Exactly. You just kind of just keep going. Back when we had dinner, you, me, Black in Detroit at the MGM Casino. Yeah, I remember saying to Black, you know, like what's hoodie like when we go out? He's like, it depends. He said, <laughs> if we're just having dinner and then going back to the hotel, all good. If he's on for going out or getting after it, you won't be able to keep up. No chance. <laughs> you got no shot. I mean, that's just a lot. Um, but but you know what though? Those guys had a great time. But you but here's the thing. Maybe you have to have a friend that can tell you, hey, kind of rein you in. Like, hey, we got a long night. You don't have to do this right now, right? Is that person a buzzkill or not? In this situation, I'm going to go buzzkill. These dudes, and I'm assuming it was a group of dudes. The, the guy who tweeted it out's name is Investor Nick. So I'm thinking maybe he's got some money. Who knows? But these dudes have been pandemic locked up for a year. Yeah. They're like, we're going to Vegas for Memorial Day weekend. The hell with finances. Let's have a good time. Let's go. Yeah. I, I don't know if I'm doing that today. I might need a little help on the tip of nothing else, but I'm not doing this today. Now, now, our next guest that's coming up, that guy. He's restaurant quality. I mean, you talk, you talk about moving the, moving the meter. Back in his day, he could put it down, our next guest. Flop, sweat, and all. Jeff Dickerson on the Bears and picking up huge tabs. That's next. Oh, God. This is Cap and Jay Hood. Enjoy the show each morning in your Instagrammies. At Cap Jay Hood on Instagram. This is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000.
All right, all this lather. Oh, God, the defense didn't show up to freaking OTAs. Whatever. Chill out. They got a long, long season ahead. Jeff Dickerson is our Bears insider, covers the NFL. He was Hoodie's partner on the national show. That would be Network Jonathan. Hey, welcome in, White Sox Radio Network. I'm Jonathan Hood. And then the real Jonathan Hood comes out from 7 to 10. It's, it's still me. It's still Jonathan Hood. It says it on the on my license just and registration. Kind of different. No, no, it's still me. It's still me. Just very professional. Jeff knows that. So, J.D., we'll get to the Bears in a minute. Have you ever had a huge tab that you had to pick up? Because from what Hoodie has told me and Danny, Jeff Dickerson could run the streets. Oh, God. Well, here's the difference. I don't feel like I've ever had to pick up a bill. I want to pick up the bill. I enjoy it. Yes. I I like going out with my coworkers. And then, you know, when we're on the road with the Bears, uh, with other reporters, whenever I have a chance, just like Jonathan, who used to always pick up my donuts for me at Dunkin' Donuts, a little pot belly, <laughs> doing the night shows, a little IBC root beer was always on the house. Whenever I would have a chance to take care of my fellow person, I relish that opportunity. I mean, I'm not, you know, I... No one has ever said, hey, pick up this $2,000 tab or $3,000 tab. But whenever you have a chance to make someone feel good and maybe take care of those that that would appreciate having a few free drinks or meals, you guys know you got to pull the trigger and do it, right? Absolutely. I I actually have more pleasure in giving, uh, you know, uh, picking up the tab. It's just, I don't know. It's how I it's was fun. raised. It's fun. It's fun. And, and not, not, not doing it in a way that makes people feel uncomfortable. I mean, you don't force it on people. But I always like to, like, for example, you know, I you know, hopefully we're all back traveling with uh, the Bears this year. They would open up the locker rooms or give us some player access after the games. But what I would like to do is, you know, I was usually the social chair, so I would put together all the, the big dinners for the reporters. You know, my move would always be, Let's order a couple of bottles of wine to begin dinner, and everyone is splitting the bill evenly, but let's put that on my, on my bill, okay? So that way, everyone can have a good time, and no one feels weird that I'm ordering bottles of the prisoner or something like that, right? Because that's what I want to do, and, and people enjoy it, and, and I love it. Now, I'll tell you what I'm doing this weekend. You guys want to hear this story about picking up a tab? Yes. So my cousin... Roger, who I love to death, he's a man of leisure out in San Francisco. He retired at about 40. He is having his 50th birthday party. We are playing three rounds of golf at Aaron Hills in Wisconsin, mm-hmm. where the U.S. Open was just at. I mean, we're going to be killed by this course. Yeah, I heard that course is like 7,800 yards. Like, we have no chance of getting off the no tee. No chance. You have to walk, okay? There are caddies, which is going to be kind of embarrassing. My cousin, for 12 people is picking up everything, every round of golf, every caddy fee. He has all three of the lodges on Aaron Hills' property rented out for the weekend, food, drinks. It's insane. We're running the numbers. This guy's going to probably put down between thirty dollars and $40,000 this weekend for us. God that, bless him. Now, God bless him. Now, that is picking up a monster bill, which he always does. Me, with my bottles of wine, it's very minor. But anything we can do to help people out, I'm all for it. <laughs> I love that. I love that. And you, you're always one to pick up the tab, especially if producers didn't have 
uh, health insurance. You're always there for that. You don't and that have was insurance. When I didn't have any. And Jonathan, that was the first time was when I didn't have any money. Yes. And I got that bill. And, you know, we're making low, low money. And I'm like, whoa, $400. Hang on now. But I did it. I passed, I, I sucked it up. I'm like, I said I was going to do this. And you always take care of your producers. You always take care of the people that go out of their way every day to help you out. And that's that's the rule I think people should live by. So we were talking earlier about Andy Dalton and just seeing what he had to say to the press yesterday. We understand that Justin Fields is the story, but Andy Dalton so far is handling it. I guess the question is, how much will Andy Dalton tolerate when it comes to the questions? Because this will not stop all the way through the regular season. I think this is what he signed up for, Jonathan, honestly. I think, you know what, he's going to make $10 million this year, which is an excellent wage for him. He realizes that at this stage of his career – you know, he, he's probably not going to find a, a great spot where he's going to be an unquestioned starter. This is the best opportunity because he is going to start as of now. He's going to take all the number one reps, as Matt Nagy again confirmed yesterday. Andy Dalton seems to me, Jonathan, to be someone that will tolerate this. I mean, he is a veteran. He's a professional. This is our job. I mean, our job is not to go, you know, you know, you know, all a wall to wall with Andy Dalton coverage. Our job is to cover Justin Fields. Now we cover Andy Dalton, of course, because he's going to be a playing. We believe to begin the season, but Justin Fields, as the first round pick, as you know, hopefully a future franchise quarterback coming out of Ohio State. That's what where the coverage is going to be. So I think Dalton's just going to have to accept it. I think he will, and you know, he's in a unique position because he has to fend off Fields as long as he can. But also, they're counting on him to help Justin Fields, which, and Matt Nagy says he has done, along with Nick Foles. So uh, it, it's not going to go away, Jonathan. He's just going to have to accept it. And I think because he's a veteran, I don't see that being too big of an issue. So as you look at this whole defensive thing, and Hoodie and I have been having this great discussion about it, uh, Matt said, correct me if I'm wrong, Matt said all these guys have been in the building to work out get their treatments, and be on all of our classroom stuff. They just chose not to do the seven unpadded, kind of OTA-type stuff. I can't get in a lather about it. Whatever. Khalil has a lot of mileage on his body. A lot of these guys do. Whatever. You tell me they miss minicamp, they're not there for the start of training camp, yeah, I'll be pissed. But this, are you outraged? Oh, I'm not outraged. Oh, they'll be there for the mini camp because they'll get fined if they're not there for that. They'll be there for the mandatory mini camp in a couple of weeks. You know, I, I, you know, this is a, a different type of off season. In the past, cap, we all know that these OTAs have been around forever, right? And they've always been voluntary. But we all know they were never voluntary. They were mandatory. Unless you were the only reason that people in the past used to miss OTAs. Now, some were excused for personal reasons, and that, of course, is is completely acceptable. But you only missed OTAs if you were trying to make noise about a contract or you were unhappy or you wanted to be traded. This offseason, though, is different. You know, the union was so gung-ho about these guys not showing up for these in-person workouts. They released all these statements attributed to teams across the league. Uh, And I think that, of course, is the anger about the 17th game being added to the schedule and everything in the regular season. So I'm I'm not outraged, Cap. I think certainly the offense, it's important that these guys are there. Now, Allen Robinson, I understand. 
when you're on the franchise tag, you don't do this stuff. I get it. It's just that comes with the territory, right, guys? You have to understand that. He's not going to be here for anything. He might not be here for the mini camp. although, you know, I'd rather be for a mini – I'd rather not get fined, but that's, that's, that's his uh, decision. So the offense with two new quarterbacks, it's very important for them to be there. You could argue that with a new defensive coordinator and Sean Desai, you would like to see more, you know, frontline defenders than just Roquan Smith. But most of these guys are, are veterans. You know, Jalen Johnson was not there yesterday. You know, he also could be recovering still from his injury. You know, there was no Akeem Hicks, you know, no Khalil Mack, no Trevathan, you know, no Eddie Goldman, none of these guys. But like you said, I mean, they have been around. Um, they were, there was very strong attendance the first week of the second phase of the offseason program. That was not an OTA week per se. So they have been around, but, you know, their decision to, to, to skip the OTAs, while it's not, I don't think, ideal, I don't think it's anything that, you know, people should be completely up in arms about. So, J.D., when you take a look at the defense, what um, do you have a, a feeling that the defense will be better or the same as it was last year, just based on the personnel and health? Yeah, and I think Sean Desai, too. I want to see how he does, Jonathan. You know, he's a real real bright guy. He's been around for a while. I mean, he's really paid his dues. I love to see people rise up the coaching ranks like that. You know, this is not a retread hire. This is someone that was in-house, a strong in-house candidate, that did a really good job every step of the way. And let me say something about that. You can't be a clown and work for Vic Fangio. I'm sorry, right? So, uh, so the fact that he was with Fangio and Fangio really liked him, I think this bodes very well for the Bears. I hope he does a good job, and I know he's he's doing his best this off season. Um, I, I see the Bears defense being, you know, good. I don't I don't know Jonathan if I would say they're going to be great, but I would see them being good. The difference is you hope the offense is exponentially better because if the defense plays at the same level played last year, which was good but not great, but the offense takes a huge step, now the Bears are in business. Now they can really talk about not just backing into the postseason, but being a legitimate you know, contender to win some, some playoff games. So, I mean, personnel-wise, they have some really good players. They really do. There's a few question marks still, you know, maybe on that defensive line. But um, as far as personnel-wise, I think it's good enough if the offense, again, takes big steps, which is what really this entire offseason has been about. I mean, look at the moves, Jonathan. Look at the draft. Look at the offseason attendance at OTAs. Um, it really isn't about the defense. It's about the offense and how much better they have to be. Jenny, thanks for all the knowledge. One question. Hoodie and I are doing the show at a golf course on Monday. I thought about cocktailing with him throughout the morning show, and I get the feeling it might not end well for me. Is that an accurate statement? You mean like Jonathan's going to drink it under the table? Is that what you're saying? Or yes. Like, that- and, and he won't even be affected. Like no, no. The thing is, when Jonathan has a couple of drinks, he plays on his home course on South Side. Uh, he does a great job of hitting the ball off the pack of cool cigarettes on the ground. He really uh, <laughs> finds a way to hit the angle. So, I, I, hey, do what you want. Now, again, drinking on the course is great. I gotta have play with a caddy this weekend, so I'm nervous. Like I, I'm gonna need some drinks, but I can't embarrass myself with this caddy carrying my bag. So, drinking on the golf course can go one of two ways. Cap, I would say abstain. And, and you might be in better shape on Monday like I'm going to do this weekend. J.D., have a great day. All right, guys. Take care. See you. There he is, the great Jeff Dickerson. Abstain. That's what he said. Uh, I think we're going to cocktail throughout the show on Monday. Yeah, I don't think you want to do that. Why not? I'm not, not driving. Not with me. No, I don't think you want to do that. Well, I'm not going to match you, but I'm going to. 
One can Dan's going to be drinking on the air. I'm going to be UM okay. Baltimore County. Give you more than you handled for. Mm-hmm. Anyway, he, sometimes just 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 keep talking. Just keep talking. I can't beat you. I understand that. Yeah. I just want to make you sweat at halftime. Oh, yeah. It's sweating, yeah. Sometimes it's better to say nothing, Bob Brenly. That's next. Listening to Cap and Jay Hood at home is easier than setting your coffee maker. This picture of domestic happiness is missing something. Just tell your smart speaker to play ESPN 1000. What a way to start the day. Cap and Jay Hood. On Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000. So, I have said to you, Jonathan, my friend, the night the Bears drafted Justin Fields, most exciting thing to happen in Chicago sports since the Cubs won the World Series in 2016. That night was also made increasingly more pleasurable for Bears fans when Adam Schefter that afternoon tweeted, Aaron Rodgers wants out of Green Bay. What? We got a franchise quarterback potentially? And their guy doesn't want to be up in the cheese country? Right. Take that. Yeah. That made it an even more special evening. So I've been following with great interest this saga. Our guy is Rob Domofsky. He has been all over the Packer beat for like 27 years. And he knows everything that goes on up there. And he joins us now here on Cap J. Hood. Rob Domofsky, good morning. Do you believe that opening night, Whenever you start your season, that Aaron Rodgers will indeed be ducking under center in a Green Bay uniform. I do not. I do wow. not think he will ever play here again, Cap. Um, and, and I just want to say that intro that was spoken like a true Bears fan there. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. no doubt. Uh, but no, I, I, look, here's what I don't see in terms of a, a resolution. Like I just don't see him walking back in the Lambeau field and saying, ah, just kidding guys, let's go win a championship. Like he, he's too dug in. Um, he's too stubborn. He's, 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 I just don't see how you walk this back. I mean, the only way he walks it back is if he realizes that, you know, or believes that public sentiment is, is against him and he cares about what fans think of him uh, in terms of, of, of that legacy part of it. Uh, I guess that's the only way I see him reconsidering. So, Rob, before all this Aaron Rodgers fallout, what did you know about Jordan Love uh, as a quarterback for the Packers? Uh, I knew from about three weeks of training camp last summer, Jonathan, that he uh, was certainly not ready, not comfortable, uh, checked the ball down pretty much regularly. He was a bit of a check down Charlie um, and, and look, the plan never was to get him ready to play in 2021. It was 2022 at the earliest. Um, he was going to be the backup this year. Uh, he was the third stringer last year. I mean, think about that. The first round pick was a third stringer. He was inactive for every game, but that was by design, um, uh, because they had no, you know, no intentions of playing him and no preseason games or any of that stuff. So, um, all of a sudden now it's, uh, it's an accelerated plan to try to get him ready just in case. So what is like the crux of this whole thing? Is it they didn't call him before they drafted Jordan Love? They didn't extend his deal 
prior to trying to do it now he's all got a fiance and he all, wants to be somewhere above everything <laughs> and, and it just comes down to him versus the general manager brian Gutekunst. like there's just a you know if you watch the interview with kenny main which i'm sure you did mm-hmm. um you know I, i've learned of 16 years of covering him to learn to speak fluently in aaron Rodgers' language it's like learning a foreign language you sometimes have to listen to what he says but you also have to listen to what he doesn't say and he said he loved everybody from the fans to the players to the coaches, but he never once mentioned uh, the front office, which would be general manager Brian Gutekunst, uh, GM or uh, uh, pre- team president Mark Murphy. He doesn't like the way those guys treated him um, from, you know, from the start in, of, of the Jordan Love saga, from not saying, hey, heads up, we might take a quarterback, but that doesn't mean, um, you know, that we don't, feel like you're still the guy, but it's just something we want to do for the long-term health of the franchise. And look, I get it. I, if you're Brian Gutekunst and you're in your, what, third year, second year as general manager, and you worked here under Ron Wolf and you worked here under Ted Thompson, you know how important it is to find the next franchise quarterback. In fact, I asked him his first combine after he got the job. We were sitting in Harry and Izzy's in Indianapolis, and I said, um, ultimately, do you think your legacy is going to be uh, you know, based on whether you can continue the long quarterback success that they've had in Green Bay. And he said, look, I get what you're saying. I'm not thinking about that now, but, you know, eventually I'm sure I will. And it doesn't matter if Brian Gutekunst wins the Super Bowl this year, Rodgers retires, and, and if they go, you know, 13-3 and three for four straight years, he's out of a job. The more important thing, if you're the general manager, is not a Super Bowl this year, but to ensure that for the next 10 to 15 years, this team is – you know, a, a contender and, and a Super Bowl uh, possibility every year. Rob, as you look at the division, what's the likelihood that the Bears could win the division if Rodgers is indeed out? Jay Hood, man, I have spent so little time looking at the rest of the division because this story has been incredibly all-consuming. <laughs> I just know that um, with Aaron Rodgers, this is a 12-13 to 13 win team. And with their other options at quarterback, it's probably uh, – six to seven to eight win team, which opens the door for, you know, certainly Chicago um, and Minnesota. I, I think Detroit's probably seemingly a little bit longer away from, um, you know, being in that position. But, um, you know, I, I, I would love to say I've sat here and analyzed all the teams and, and what they did in the draft, but it has been an absolute zoo up here. And I have not even come close to begin just uh, i've not begun to start to look at that stuff well, let me tell you something man dan campbell would disagree with you the guy wants to, <laughs> the guy wants a lion on the sidelines i'll He's tell gonna, you what that was uh that was like one of the greatest introductory press conferences uh, <laughs> ever, that i've ever, ever seen <laughs> so let me ask you this if if some if you picked up the phone right now you called aaron he's like what's up uh i just got a tip gouda Kuntz is getting fired today does he go <laughs> All right, get me a flight, Shailene. I'm coming back. Probably. Uh, there are two issues with that. I do not have Aaron Rodgers' phone number, and uh, which is incredible. That tells you maybe everything you need to know about what it's like covering him. Yep. Um, and two, they're not firing Gutekunst. They are. They are standing by him. Um, they, in fact, internally, uh, they have told their. You know, this is a different setup, as you know, President, Board of Directors. Uh, executive committee that Mark Murphy has told all those people that Brian Gutekunst is 
the general manager now and will be the general manager going forward. Well, Rob, tell us the difference, for those that don't know, tell us the difference yeah. between the way Thompson did business and the way Gutenkunst did business because you know, what I remember about the Packers under Thompson is he'd resign his own draft picks, yep. and it, he was always solid with that. Is there a right. difference in philosophy with Gutenkunst? Well, here's the thing, Jonathan. It's a great question because uh, Rodgers should actually like what Gutekunst has done based on his complaints about Ted Thompson. He was, he was always frustrated, as was Mike McCarthy when he was the coach, that Ted Thompson was a draft-and-develop guy, and he did it well, but did not make those splashes in free agency like he had done you know, early in his time. I mean, they weren't active in it, but they did bring in Charles Woodson, who was a key piece of their Super Bowl team. But he, he became there – were, there was a year – uh, or a stretch where he didn't sign an unrestricted free agent uh, from another team for like three or four straight years. I mean, I, I would take vacation uh, the first week of free agency because there was nothing going on. Mm-hmm. So Rodgers should actually like the fact that Gutekunst has been more active in free agent. Uh, I mean, you guys know he signed the former Bear, Adrian Amos. That same offseason, he signed Preston Smith and Zadarius Smith, and then an offensive lineman, Billy Turner. This is their third year now here, and all, three, all, all four of those guys – have been starters and productive players, and uh, and and uh, Zadarius is a Pro Bowler, so or an All Pro. So, uh, I mean, it's, he should like it. The draft class this year, if Rodgers were willing to consider it, um, he would see that all right. He drafted a starting center to replace a guy who priced himself out of town. Um, he drafted a slot receiver, which they wouldn't have, which they haven't had since Randall Cobb. Uh, so there are some things that you know, Aaron Rodgers might like about what Gutekunst has done, but the problem is that one pick, Jordan Love, and the way it all went down um, has pretty much precluded him. I mean, we wouldn't be having this conversation if they would have just taken Ross Blacklock, a defensive tackle, out of TCU that year, or, or whoever they would have taken it if they didn't take Jordan Love. Okay, I have two things for you. So Mike Holmgren was on with Carmen and Yurko yeah. a yep, few weeks, it. and he was very – if I was there, it would never have happened. <laughs> I would have worked the relationship. I can't believe they've done it twice up there. How was yeah. that received up there? Uh, yeah, I think people thought that Holmgren was pretty much spot on. Uh, the only thing I will say about that, and I covered Mike, uh, I'm not sure Mike w- Mike's way would, would necessarily work with players today, and I, and I think he probably would admit that. Um, like Mike Holmgren was maybe one of the most intimidating figures I've ever been around. Uh, but it's different. I mean, players are different now, Cap. I mean, let's just it's just not, um, you know, they have more power than they did back then. I mean, the, the salaries weren't what they were, what they are now. Um, the players weren't as strongly bonded together. There was no social media. Um, I get what Holmgren's saying. Um, I'm just not sure. He could rant and rave all he wanted. I'm just not sure that guys would have responded like they did back then. Okay, here's my last thing for you. If the phone rang and it was, pick the, the team. Hey, I'll give you my next 20 number one picks. Yeah. I want Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Do you think the organization is prepared to say, you know what? We are not trading him. If he wants to walk away yeah. from his career, good luck. We'll move on. We, we're making a point, a statement here. Yeah. And, and, oh, by the way, Aaron, if you do that, you owe us uh, $30 million in back uh, signing bonus money that you didn't earn. So that's another factor. Here's the thing, Cap. I don't think he's playing here again, as I said right off the top. What I don't know 
is whether eventually they will cave and trade him or force him to sit out. Like right now on June 3rd or whatever it is, they're not trading him. They've made that clear. They made it clear on draft night because the time to trade him would have been, uh, you know, the, the night of the draft when Denver had the eighth pick and San Francisco had the third pick because right now you trade him now, okay, let's say you trade him for three number ones the next three years. Well, that number one pick's probably going to be in the late 20s because Rodgers is probably going to win a lot of games there. So those picks, you know, I I get it. A first-round pick's attractive, but maybe not when you're picking, um, you know, late in the round. Uh, it, it's it's not as attractive. So so right now they're not trading him. If they're if he's still dug in on August 1st, August 15th, September 1st, maybe they reconsider. But at this point, they're not trading him. Well, this is easy for you, Rob. I mean, d- during the summer, you can start writing your story, starting with the New Orleans game. Uh, you just start by saying, <laughs> we're back to the Lindy and Fonte years. They scored points in Lindy's time, right? Didn't they didn't have any defense, right? Didn't they? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, uh, Ray Rhodes. Here we go, the Ray Rhodes yeah, year. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's probably closer to it. Hey, look, Jonathan, I will tell you this. Um, I've got three stories written right now because come the end of uh, the month, I'm going on vacation. I've got three stories written. I've got one if they trade him, one if he retires, and one if he re- uh, comes back. So I've got all those stories ready to go. They're filed to my editor, John Roberts, who's right there in Chicago, mm-hmm. uh, ESPN Chicago guy. Uh, I-, I will. Uh, he he will just push the publish button on whatever happens because I'll be somewhere on a golf course. <laughs> just know that That's there awesome. are people like me. We got a lot of dressed. They said the Bears, they're not going to have a black quarterback. Oh, wait a second. <laughs> oh, by the way, half the teams in the league think he was the best quarterback in the draft yeah. ahead of Trevor Lawrence. And Green Bay's going to lose their guy. Take that. <laughs> You know, you know, yeah, it's probably a good day or good. It's a good off season to be a, a Chicago football fan. Yep. After all that, you know what that means? Packers go thirteen and five. Yeah, we go, <laughs> we go, we go seven and ten. Right. Hey man, yeah. have a great day and enjoy your vacay. You're the best. All right, guys, we'll be seeing you. We'll see you. There he is, Rob Domovsky. So it's interesting stuff going on up there, man. But that for him, twenty seven years on the beat, as dialed in as anyone. To say, A, no, I don't have a cell phone. That could tell you what it's like to cover the guy. And B, I do not think he'll ever wear this uniform again. That's big. Mm -hmm. Uh, A legend is walking away. And guess what? His replacement wasn't good enough to get the DePaul job. Uh Uh-oh. That's next. Listen up, Corzine. (laughs) 